0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at SportsHistoryNetwork.com.
1: Hello, old sports, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Hello, Old Sports podcast on the Sports History Network. It's been just about two years and exactly 50 episodes of the Hello Old Sports podcast with Dan Newman and Andrew Newman, and we are going to commemorate that anniversary today and also take a little bit of a trip back and revisit a topic that we discussed way back in episode number one. Andrew, how are you doing?
2: I am doing very well. Uh, It's hard to believe that it's been 50 episodes. I'm going to take this opportunity, much like uh, Pat Smear at uh, the Video Music Awards when he left the Foo Fighters and announced that I'm going to bow out. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, we started this uh, what like late fall
1: 2020 was when we started. Right. It was October of 2020 because one of our first might've even been September, but one of our first episodes was about Tampa Bay sports. And it was right when Tampa was the Rays were going to the world series in 2020. So it was, you know, then that was like, I think like what our fourth or fifth episode. So that was right. You know, that was right about. So I think we recorded our first episodes in like late September.
2: Yeah. I remember we had started the one night and the plan was we were going to record our Mount Rushmore episode. And then uh, our episodes on the uh, all time Yankee team and the all time New York National League team, with the idea that that would be one evening's worth of recording and two <laughs> episodes worth of recording. Uh, I believe we got four episodes in nearly eight hours out of that and multiple recording sessions. And that kind <laughs> of set the tone of like, we're not going to be able to do this every week. We're not going to be able to bang out multiple episodes in a night. These will be like for full disclosure, it is seven 30 or a little after seven 30 as we're starting this recording tonight, it will probably be nearly four o'clock in the morning by the time we're done. <laughs> uh, this probably be after 10, but, uh, you know, we've kind of now factored in that if we think a topic is an hour where it's going to be two hours, and if we think it's going to be a long episode, that means it's going to be at least two episodes.
1: And whenever I go downstairs in the basement to record, I always say, you know, it's my wife and my wife, Allison's always like, all right, well, I'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> so I think we've done. Yeah, I, I don't if we have one episode. Well, other than the interview with Bobby Valentine, which was maybe didn't go exactly as planned. Um I don't think we've had any many episodes that have been under an hour. Maybe I think when we did the Army Navy game.
2: You cut just you, we did an Army football episode, maybe mm-hmm. part as a separate episode. And it's like half an hour. But, um, you know, that that's a nice refresher after some of these episodes and how long we go. But uh, it's certainly the exception and not the rule.
1: And for those of you who maybe haven't listened right from the beginning or haven't listened to every episode, We've really kind of been all over the map, whether it's, you know, we've done some New York focused episodes. You know, 96 Yankees was just a couple of weeks ago. We did an interview. uh, With a book about uh, Mr. Um, um, The gentleman who wrote it and I'm sorry, Paul Nepper, I believe was his name, wrote a book about the Knicks. The author. We didn't do an interview with the book. (laughs) Exactly. I wrote a book about the Knicks of the nineties and we've so we've done some New York specific, we've done specific to Philly, you know, Philly sports in the nineteen eighty. We've gone back, we've done year anniversaries, we've done just sort of a little bit of everything. So so check us out. And we we've had some interviews with some authors, we've had some friends come on to talk about teams or other elements of sports that have been particularly important or interesting. To them, we've had some guests, especially in our annual In Memoriam episodes of some other podcasters on the Sports History Network. Darren Hayes has been on with us both years. Oz has come on both years to talk about the L.A. Lakers and some other. George Bozica from the PFRA came on one year. Warren Rogan of Sports Forgotten Heroes was on one year. We've seen some others as well. So we've really kind of that's sort of been our ability to bring in a lot of other Sports History Network hosts, and we've gone on their podcasts uh, throughout the last couple of years to talk about either our show or various elements of our sports fandom. So it really has been a lot of fun and a lot of the different things we've been able to to get into.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's tough to recommend certain episodes because it depends on what your thing is. I mean, if, if you're, you know, somebody who's interested in, in sort of sports history that you remember when you're alive, particularly baseball, and I say you know, go listen. Well, or particularly basketball, and I say, oh, go listen to the episode on the 1890s Orioles. Um, I would say our episodes on the years are are pretty consistent in terms of I I've liked all of those. Those are some of my favorite episodes. You know, I I some of the lists we've done when we we did the the mount or the starting five for every NBA team. But you know, you can always YouTube. All the episodes are on YouTube now. You can look um, if you go to Sports History Network. And then he's got all of our episodes in a playlist you can kind of see based on the episode titles. Um, It'll also give you the length. So maybe if you want to not start an episode that's an hour and 58 minutes long and go to a much more reasonable an hour and 31 minutes, you can do that. But uh, yeah, you know, if you are listening to us for the first or second time or even the 10th, but you're thinking about, you know, other episodes you might want to listen to, uh, give that a shot
1: yeah and i think i also have a special place in my heart for the in memoriam episodes because first of all because i think it was something that i kind of dreamed up right from the beginning as something that i thought would be a good idea and it's a way to talk about players and other sports figures who we probably wouldn't talk very much about whether it was you know horace clark or we talked about diego maradona and Al Unser senior so whether it's guys in other sports that we probably wouldn't talk about very much on this podcast or sort of more obscure type guys, you know, Mick Tinglehoff, who we probably wouldn't spend much time on, you know, a great call of fame center for the Vikings. And it's always it's always weird when I am watching TV, watching sports throughout the year, and I see that somebody passed away, it's always it's bittersweet because you're sad that that person passed away, but then you're, you know, you're looking forward to getting the opportunity to talk a little bit about their life and career during, uh, during the in-memoriam episodes. And that's also been an opportunity to converse with some of our other, like I said, some of our other fellow hosts, we had our father on a couple of years ago to talk about Dick Allen. So we usually start recording those right around Thanksgiving. And that's always a good way to wrap up the year uh, for the hello world sports podcast.
2: And, you know, it's, Kind of sometimes I'll just be sitting here and I'll be like, Oh, I have an idea and I'll either send my brother an email or a text or something and um that actually reminds me we should do an episode on Branch Ricky one time, like whole mm-hmm. life and contributions to baseball. Um, so I just figured I would I would mention that. Now it's recorded for posterity that we should do an episode on on all of his contributions. But this is kinda how it works. We don't you know, we usually know three or four, maybe five episodes ahead of time, but it's not uh it's not like Oh, we've just now exhausted our ideas for 50 episodes where we had these all planned out ahead of time. You know, I knew I wanted to get the 1981-82 Jazz in there, preferably a little earlier in the rotation than we did. But um, that's actually another one of my favorite episodes, the way that all played out with uh, coming up with the random team. And I definitely am interested in, in doing more of that at some point down the line.
1: Yeah, Andrew had an idea that we would select a random sport, baseball, basketball, or football, and then a random season, and then a random team, and then just do an episode. And we ended up with the 81-82 Jazz. And it was fun. You know, we you realize that there's a lot of stories behind anybody. And we had that year, there was a coach firing, and Frank Layden was hired, who ended up being sort of a colorful character in basketball and with the Jazz throughout the 1980s. I want to talk a little bit about what we have on the horizon. But first, just a couple of, uh, of stats. I want to tell you...
2: On so the Horizon League.
1: The Horizon League. That's the NCA, right? Yeah,
2: it's like, you said we got a whole. I said you wanted to talk about what we have on the horizon. <laughs> I'm not doing an episode on the
1: horizon. League. We could. I don't want to. We could probably get an hour out of it.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure just naming the teams. We'd get <laughs> out of it. Go ahead.
1: So these are the top five, as far as listen to episodes on the Hello Old Sports podcast. And keep in mind now that some of them were published earlier than others so they have a little bit of a head start but in in reverse order number five all time is the baltimore orioles part one which was done with andrew's college roommate and good friend mike petty and in that episode we sort of took the history of the baltimore orioles right about up until the early 1990s number four interestingly enough the baltimore orioles part two where we talked with the aforementioned Mike Petty about the Orioles of the 90s sort of the team that he followed growing up, you know, Ripken and Lucena and Palmero and all those guys, Brady Anderson hitting 50 home runs one year. Number 4, I'm sorry, number 3 all time, Philadelphia Sports in 1980, which was the year that all four Philly teams went to the finals of their respective sports. Number two, baseball in 1920, which was a part of a two-part episode that we did where we talked about all of sports in 1920, boxing, football, Olympics, and other miscellaneous sports. And then the second half was about baseball, you know, Babe Ruth, Black Sox scandal, founding in the Negro Leagues, et cetera, et cetera. That clocks in at number two, and then number one, the greatest sports memories, I'm sorry, the greatest sports moments of the 21st century, which was an episode we did where we sort of picked what we thought were the top sports moments of the year 2000 and beyond. So that is the top five most popular episodes in the history of the Hello Old Sports podcast
2: the 20th century one surprised me or 21st century one surprised me just because it's such a general title. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it wouldn't have shocked me if I'm not trying to over inflate our self, you know, our sense of whatever, but like if somebody searched, Oh, Hey, here's an episode on, you know, let's use that jazz team as an example. Oh, here's a weird episode on this jazz team. And then maybe they told people they knew who were jazz fans. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that too many people are Googling like, Podcast on 21st century sports. So True. Surprised me that that was the one that was the most downloaded. I'm only interested in the demo. <laughs> Can you break that down uh, 18 to 49?
1: I can't do that, but I will tell you that we have had at least one listener on six different continents. A lot of it was during COVID. He traveled a lot. What are you talking about?
2: He was on six different continents.
1: I said at least one listener. Oh, God. Oh, good Lord. Another theme is Andrew's. I don't even know what you would call those jokes. I don't know. I, I, I
2: just refer to it as pretending to be stupid.
1: You're a good guy, but you abuse that jokey stuff. So 42, most popular country, obviously, the United States. Number two, India. Although I think that is a product of the fact that one of the podcast sites that Arnie has us subscribed to post to is exclusively in India. And I don't know if we're still subscribed to it because we've not had any listeners in India in quite some time. Number three, Canada. Number four, the UK. Number five, Australia. Bangladesh um, is, makes the top 10, but we have everywhere from Ecuador, Sudan, Sweden, We have one in a country called AA, which I, for the life of me, cannot figure out. We've had nine downloads from AA, and I don't know what that is. Poland um, is another one. So lots of countries. And then of the 50 states, we only are lacking a single listener in Alaska and Hawaii. We've had all 48 states, plus the all 48 continental United States, plus the District of Columbia. Top five states, California with the most, actually, followed by New York, unsurprisingly, New Jersey, Texas, and Illinois, which presumably, obviously, you have either states that we are from or have a tie to or just large states. So nothing overly surprising there.
2: I know a lot of people in St. Louis, uh, so I kind of wonder, not a lot of people, I know some people in Mm St. Louis, I'm wondering that registers is illinois i you know what i mean i don't know how
1: specific it is usually it goes on your ip address so it, it probably would do it pretty okay. pretty closely but yeah you couldn't you know that's that's a fair point If people are it's also where you are when you download it so if you're traveling if you're in illinois even if you live in missouri and you download it on your phone when you're in missouri it it counts so because i've noticed that our numbers have gone up you know, whenever I visited somewhere, like when I was in Florida for a month, a couple of years ago, and Florida numbers went went a little bit up. So
2: Connecticut relative to its size, too, because I listen to it a lot at work in Connecticut.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a snapshot into the demographic. And it's always fun for me, like when I look and I see we had a listener in D.C. and I moved out of D.C. six months ago. It's like, oh, I have a friend who's listening. I don't know who it is, but somebody is listening. Um.
2: Ourselves, should we take this opportunity to push some merch?
1: I think there actually might be merchandise coming soon that Arnie is going to put together for each show, like a t shirt for each show, if somebody wants to buy one. But I don't, he made passing reference to that in an email, but I'm not sure how how serious or.
2: I'm just going to start saying I'm having public appearances, (laughs) (laughs) stand at a gas station somewhere. Set up a folding table
1: (laughs) until you're asked to leave. (laughs) And then just to give you an idea of what is sort of on the horizon after this 50th episode, we're going to be talking about NFL expansion and rival leagues, AFL, AFC back in the 40s, World Football League, USFL. We did an episode about that same type of topic about basketball, about I don't know, like a year and a half ago, and we're going to cover football. An idea that Andrew had, we're going to talk about Fox Sports in the early to mid-1990s, and they're getting the NFL and getting hockey and getting baseball and sort of some of the innovations that they brought to showing live sports on broadcast TV. So that'll be really exciting. Again, a little bit more on the media side. Uh, we'll have... Uh, in in October I want to do an episode on the 1947 World Series which was 75 years ago it was the first uh, Jackie Robinson's rookie season so noteworthy for that reason but also just very interesting because it was a seven game World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees there was a no hitter that was almost pitched there was lots of just great moments in this burgeoning subway series in 1947 and then we do have one more anniversary episode on tap for later this year, and that is 1982 in sports 40 years ago um, this year, which will likely publish right around the time that I myself, well, maybe not right around the time, but just a couple months before I myself am celebrating my 40th year or my 40th birthday. So I couldn't let 1982 pass without doing a 40 year old uh, or doing a 40 year anniversary of that year in sports. And then I think depending on the time, it might be time for a memoriam. Maybe we'll do another random team. Maybe we'll come up with some other ideas. I think we made the right choice in making our podcast as broad as possible because I never wanted to do the word. And this doesn't just happen in sports podcasts. It happens sort of with anything. It's I didn't want to start a podcast with a theme and then six or seven episodes in realize that the theme had kind of run its course. And then it's like you have to pretend you have to kind of shoehorn things into the theme or come up with a whole new theme. I think our idea of just talking about old sports will keep us with plenty to do for years to come.
2: Yeah, you don't want to, oh, we're going to talk about the greatest sporting event in every state. And so it's like, okay, well, we're through 15 of them. And now, you know what I mean? Like, you, you end up with just, I I've, I saw that at my, when I the, I used to work at, uh, or work, I used to do a, a radio show at a public radio station here in New York by me. And certain people would, and, and some people just did it for a little while and ran its course. But some people would come up with episodes that were very. It was very clearly going to have a short shelf life of like, Oh, I play all the songs from I play the top five songs from ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, forty years ago, and it's like, all right, that's not gonna last very long <laughs> <laughs> um so yes, keep keeping it open ended is is very good um, and uh we have at the moment gone as far and the thing is we can keep going further back too we have at the moment gone as far back as eighteen ninety. We are going to go a little bit further back sometime soon.
1: We're hoping for an episode on the 1869 Reds pretty soon.
2: You don't know how much further we'll be able to go before that. I guess we could cover the original Olympics
1: um, in Greece.
2: No, they, I, I, was that what it was? Well, I thought it was like oil they ran in.
1: <laughs> God. No, you mean that? You mean like the ancient Olympics? Are you talking about the ancient Olympics? You're muted, I think, or something.
2: No, I'm not muted.
1: Oh, so you are talking about the ancient Olympics.
2: I was. I was joking, but, you know.
1: <laughs> okay. I didn't realize you were joking. Yeah, I don't think we can do that. But, I mean, we might do some stuff that touches. Well, before 1860s in baseball, I can't even think of what it would be. So.
2: Well, if we have as many listeners as India, in India as the numbers say, we might have <laughs> We might have to learn something about cricket sometime soon.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we've had a lot of fun. It's been 50 episodes in just under two years. And so, you know, we try and push them out at about a clip of twice a month or so. So hopefully that will um, hopefully that pace will uh, will stay the same. And the other thing, too, is that we we just discovered and we'll get started with our, our topic for the night after this. But we just recently discovered that we are media members. <laughs> and able to get press passes to some sporting celebrations and that type of thing. Arnie sent an email, I guess the last couple of years, a couple of the guys from the, from the sports history network have gotten press passes to the football hall of fame. And so he sent an email and he said, um, you know, would you guys like to try and get into any sort of anything? And really, I mean, I don't know what else there would be besides hall of fame inductions. I'm sure, you know, you could think of something and, The football, I don't know, football is probably like early August and it just didn't make much sense, you know, at least for me, as far as like my travel schedule and everything else. But I was like, you know, you know, parents still live in New York. Andrew lives in New York. It's not that far from Cooperstown. Plus, my wife would love to go because David Ortiz is um, getting inducted in the Hall of Fame this year, and she's a huge Red Sox fan. Plus, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I'm a huge Gil Hodges fan and he's finally getting in. This year, about 50 years after his death. So we are going to be with press passes in about two weeks at the Baseball Hall of Fame induction in Cooperstown, as I believe it's seven individuals are being inducted into the Hall of Fame on that Sunday afternoon. So that's really exciting. And we'll do a little kind of postscript recap podcast then and, and put that up at some point talking about our experiences that day. So lots of doors have been opened uh, through our podcast and our membership with the sports history network.
2: Yeah. And that'll be, uh, that'll be exciting. And we will, we will turn that into an episode because uh, we need to at least have some sort of justification for the media pass to go to this thing. (laughs) As I, I was like, I guess I have to bring a notebook and pretend to work at least. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So, Hey, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll make for good content.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the door will be open to do Cooperstown again in future years or Canton or Springfield or, you know, wherever it is that, that we we decide we want to take ourselves in future years. All right. So in our very first episode, we did Mount Rushmore's of various sports. I'm sorry, of various cities. And these were all cities with usually 95 percent of the time it was a team, a present team, at least in each of the four major sports. But then it was occasionally we did a city like St. Louis that doesn't have an NBA team, but once did. And it was actually sort of a a retread of a conversation that you and I had had just one night when I was up visiting at our parents' house. We just sort of started going back and forth. "Ah, Who do you think Denver would be? Who do you think Detroit would be? So I, I don't have the list in front of me, but we did like we did the big ones. We did New York, Boston, Philly, L.A., Chicago, D.C., I think we did dallas detroit maybe one or two others the first time around and what i think we want to do this time is talk about some of the cities that we didn't talk about the last time and if you like this episode go all the way back to episode one and check that one out after this the audio is um, much improved now than it was then um, which is a whole other story about a podcasting recording software that i was using for about A month and a half that was just god awful. We would record whole episodes and realize that they didn't work. But that's another story. So we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at cities that only really have three teams to speak of and what their sort of three-person Mount Rushmore would be. And then we're also going to look at some of the more cities that maybe don't have as strong of a four-team, four-player Mount Rushmore, but that they can still at least lay claim to in some way, shape, or form have a four-person Mount Rushmore. And I am going to try and irritate Andrew a little bit with some of the places and some of the picks I went, because Andrew always doesn't like it when I get really obscure. And so I've got some ability to get obscure in a couple of places, and we'll we'll get to that.
2: And for a lot of these three ones, I took the liberty of adding a fourth person to very... Mm. Varying degrees of seriousness.
1: Okay, so I've got a list here of like I don't know, twelve or thirteen. But why don't I go ahead and just? Why don't you tell me where you where you want to start? Give me give me a city.
2: Well, so I had originally I went off your list, um, and it was tough coming up with seven because you had Seattle in two different places. So it was (laughs) come up with seven people for Seattle. So. Originally, in your list, you had Cincinnati in the in the top with said four teams. I assumed you meant to include the Columbus Blue Jackets in there, so I did come up with four for Cincinnati if you count Columbus. But we can start there if we're going according to my uh, list. All
1: right, I did not count Columbus. I actually counted Columbus as part of Cleveland.
2: That's fine. You'll you'll understand why I didn't do that. But
1: all right, so why don't you go ahead and uh, and give me a. Uh... Give me your thoughts for for Cincinnati.
2: So for basketball, I did. Have to, I had Oscar Robertson from the Cincinnati Royals. Uh, he was a first team All Pro nine times, Rookie of the Year, MVP in 1969. I had Anthony Munoz for the Bengals, eleven time Pro Bowler, the only Bengals Hall of Famer. And then for Cincinnati, man, I went back and forth, but I did end up going with Johnny Bench over Pete
1: I you had my three Oscar Robertson, the only other guy who I really considered was Jerry Lucas, but Oscar Robertson was the star of those Cincinnati Royal teams in the 1960s before he finally went out to Milwaukee and won a won a title. So I was definitely with you on him. I also had Johnny Bench. I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge with me with bench is first of all, bench is probably the second or third best catcher of all time at worst. Whereas Rose, he's the all time hit leader, but he's not the best or even among the five best probably at any position of all time. So that was my kind of thinking with that one, you know, Joe Morgan, but didn't play as long in Cincinnati bench is kind of Mr. Red. So I, I went there. I w- I went with Anthony Munoz at tackle like you said he's sort of I'm sure there's other guys who've at least played on the Bengals who are in the Hall of Fame but he's the one guy who was a his his career is associated with the Bengals who's in the Hall of Fame. This is the first time and you know obviously this is the first one we're doing tonight but this is a rare instance of getting to include an offensive lineman on one of these Mount Rushmores. So that to me was was a part of it. So we're 3 for 3 with Oscar Robertson, Johnny Bench and Anthony Munoz, and that's a pretty good three.
2: Yeah, I was thinking from with Rose, I was maybe getting a little hung up on him actually being from Cincinnati. I think if you put this to people in Cincinnati, Cincinnati sports fans, Rose would be on there. But I also don't think that. Well, I don't know that for a fact, because some of them might be tired of his routine. I think if you ask them all in the late 80s, they might have gone with Rose. That doesn't make them Right. I just think he might be the most synonymous with the Reds, but I think you do have to go with bench overall.
1: Absolutely. And then I had a fourth. Okay. From the Cincinnati Stingers of the old World Hockey Association. Okay. I had Rick Dudley, a, I believe, one time all star, first all time in. Games, goals, assists, points, and goals created and also penalty minutes for the Cincinnati Stingers of the WHA, who played a from 1975 to 79 in the WHA. So in my first instance of grasping at straws, I went with Bill Dudley of the World Hockey Association's Cincinnati Stingers as my hockey representative.
2: And I I did count the Blue Jackets for Cincinnati. I went with Rick Nash there, uh, spent 10 years in uh, Columbus, five-time All-Star. Columbus is not a franchise that's seen a ton of success in their 20 years or so history in the NHL, but um, I did go with him. It's funny because Columbus, Ohio is really roughly halfway between Cincinnati and Cleveland. Um, but I always do kind of associate them as a Cleveland team. And I think it's because Cleveland's got representatives in every other sport except that one. But like I said, when I got your email originally, I thought you meant we were counting them as a Cincinnati team. So by the time I got heard from you, Cleveland was already spoken for. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: we'll address that later on.
1: Why don't we go ahead and address it now. Uh, why don't we move on to Cleveland? What did you have for Cleveland.
2: Okay. And Cleveland, you've got a. Cleveland is a powerhouse.
1: Uh, the first, it is.
2: So I went with LeBron. Yep. Tim Brown. Mm hmm. Bob Feller.
1: I uh, had Bob Feller also.
2: Obviously, from the pre Cy Young era. So it's tough to totally quantify his dominance. I did read an article where the guy talked about how many Cy Youngs would Bob Feller have won if he played in the Cy Young era. But his conclusion was sort of like, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: Well, he, he got his article quote in for the day, at least. Yes.
2: And then for, ba- for hockey, of the short-lived NHL Cleveland Barons, I went with uh, Dennis Manuk, M-A-N-U-K. He led the team in points both years, and he was an all-star in 1978. They were around for two years, and then they got folded in with the Minnesota North Stars and dissolved. They had been the California Golden Seals. They were one of the next six expansion teams and then only lasted about two years and then were folded in with the Minnesota North Stars.
1: I similarly had a somewhat mediocre team, a player from a somewhat mediocre team of the NHL or actually not of the NHL of professional hockey of the 1970s. I had Hall of Fame goalie Jerry Chevers, who won Stanley Cups in the 1970s with the Bruins and then returned to the Bruins in the late 70s. But in between, he played one, two, three, four years with the Cleveland Crusaders of the World Hockey Association, making the all star team and also being named Goalie of the Year in 1972, 1973, his first year with the Cleveland Crusaders. So, I went with the Hall of Famer Jerry Chevers, the goalie from the Cleveland Crusaders and of the WHA as my hockey representative.
2: I have a WHA representative in all these teams, in all these cities.
1: A couple, a couple. Yes, yes, I do. Do you
2: have a preference on where we would go next?
1: What about Pittsburgh?
2: All right, let's go to Pittsburgh. I'm turning my pages here. Okay, Pittsburgh is, I guess, tougher. But I so I went with Honus Wagner. I had Honus. Mario Lemieux. hmm He beats Crosby out. You know, I guess I don't think there's any debate about whether he beats Crosby out. It's a question of how close it is. But for the purposes of this, let's just say he beats Crosby out. I had Joe Green over Jack Lambert.
1: I had Joe Green also. I don't know that I necessarily considered Lambert to be the number two. To me, Joe Green is kind of head and shoulders above. I mean he might be he might be the best defensive lineman of all time. If not, he's in the top you know top three or four. So it wasn't particularly close for me. Second would have been a harder conversation for me. Could have been Lambert, could have been Bradshaw, could have been Mike Webster, longtime Hall of Fame center, played forever for the Steelers could have been Stalworth or Swan, you know, could have even thought about um, Roethlisberger who's going to the hall of fame as a yeah. Steeler. Or or I mean, quarterbacks, I think get a little bit of a, an edge sometimes. I, and actually the other one that I think we haven't talked about yet, who would be really worth considering would be Mel blunt, the cornerback of the steel curtain defense. So to me, there's like a 10 way potential tie for second but Mean Joe Green definitely gets the he gets the nod over all those other guys.
2: What I learned in doing the research for this, that his name has is not Joe Joseph or any derivative of that. Seriously? Charles Edward Green.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Let's see if I can find an
2: uh, early life uh, nickname. Let's see. Mean Green. Oh, this is all just about his nickname being mean Joe Green. Nothing talks about why his nickname is Joe.
1: <laughs> just real quick, and it's really hard, especially for for you and me, because we're not hockey experts. But it, it's sort of Lemieux two cups, Crosby three. I don't know which is the which is the the MVP award in hockey these days. Is it the Smythe? It's, it's the heart trophy. So hold on here. Crosby has won uh, two heart trophies. Lemieux won three. So they're kind of, they're three to two with championships. They're three to two with MVPs, but just flipped in the other direction. So I I think it's a very close one, but you're right. Lemieux pulls it out. Did you have a basketball representative for Pittsburgh?
2: If you had to choose a second for the Pirates, would you go with Dargill Clemente.
1: It'd be Clemente. Yeah. 3,000 hits plus what he meant to the team, what he meant to the country, to, to this country and to, to his home country. And so, uh, yeah, I would go with, with Clemente. He was kind of a singular player in the 60s and 70s, humanitarian, all those types of things. So it would be Clemente. There's, It's funny thing is, is there's no pitcher. There really isn't. I mean, you got Stargell. You got Bill Mazeroski, who, while a Hall of Famer, is is sort of a questionable Hall of Famer. You go back, you got Paul Wainer. You got Pi Trainer, You've got guys who were Hall of Famers for the Pirates. But I can't think of a single Hall of Fame pitcher who spent a significant amount of time with the Pittsburgh Pirates.
2: Yeah, just all right. So I just Googled quickly. the, And I don't know how this is obviously an opinion website, but I'm looking up there best Pirates pitchers of all time. And uh, Babe Adams is listed here. Bob Friend, Wilbur Cooper. These are all guys from 100 years ago, first of all.
1: Babe Adams is one of those guys who people think that maybe a veterans committee should let into the Hall of Fame one day.
2: Basketball, I went with Connie Hawkins. Uh,
1: yes, Connie Hawkins, of who spent... One year with the Pittsburgh Pipers of the ABA, the first season of the ABA, 67-68, and they won the ABA finals over the New Orleans Buccaneers, 4-3. to three.
2: Well, it looks like they were the Wrens at the time, were they not?
1: No, this basketball reference says they were the Pipers.
0: Okay, well, this says
1: they were the Rens. Mm-hmm. This has got to be unprecedented. 67-68, they're the Pittsburgh Pipers. 68-68. 69, they're the Minnesota Pipers. Do you know what they are in 6970?
2: They're the Pittsburgh. Are they, are they no, what are they? They're back in Pittsburgh. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pipers again. He played for the Pittsburgh Rens in nineteen sixty one.
1: Oh, that was you know what league that was? That was that that was like that first ABA. ABL abl that was the league that steinbrenner owned a team in remember we, we talked about that in one of our episodes i don't even remember what episode it was about how he was the owner of this team and he fired the coach in the middle of the season and the coach was like the first black coach in american sports history and they asked the guy like basically do you think steinbrenner fired you because of your race he goes no i just think that man is absolutely insane and can't deal with a coach so <laughs> i forget what episode were we even t- it was probably when we did our um our thing when we talked about all the expansion leagues and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's not a, a real big basket Pittsburgh basketball professional tradition, but I don't think there's, if you're going to put one on there, I don't think there's any base and whether he belongs on a Mount Rushmore. There's no question. Which one of those is the Teddy Roosevelt. Of this Mount Rushmore
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Connie Hawkins has a really, he was, he had issues in college. He was accused of point shaving and he was basically suspended from professional basketball, but these these other leagues, eventually with the a- the ABA being the most prominent, they would let him play. And then he eventually was I don't know the whole story, but he, he the black ball with the NBA was eventually listed and he played most prominently for the Phoenix Suns. So a very interesting and in some way sad story of Connie Hawkins, but enough to get him into the lead in Pittsburgh on the Mount Rushmore. We've got kind of a middle Atlantic theme going here. Do you want to talk about Baltimore? Sure. Let's pull Baltimore up in my notes here.
2: Making me skip all over the place so you're going to hear pages turning. Where was my Baltimore? Excuse me. Hang on. You can start if you'd like while I look for
0: it. So, for
1: Baltimore, to me, it was pretty easy. I went with Unitas, Johnny Unitas, at quarterback, Wes Unseld of the Baltimore Bullets of the 60s and early 70s as the basketball. And then I went with Ripken for baseball. To me, it's hard to do Oriole baseball and put anybody above Cal Ripken. Had he not won a championship, I might feel differently because all those other guys, Palmer and... The Robinsons, they won championships. Eddie Murray, you know, they all won championships. Had Ripken not won that title in 83, I think I might feel a little bit differently. But, you know, to this day, Cal Ripken is Baltimore baseball, I think, in the mind of a lot of people. So even though Frank Robinson was a better player, and I would even argue that probably Brooks Robinson and maybe even Eddie Murray were better players, it just it felt to me like it had to be Ripken.
2: I went with Brooks Robinson.
1: Okay. I can't argue with that. He'd be my number two.
2: Taking everybody's. My friend who's an Orioles fan asked me this one time. I forget if I was asking him about it in the context of the podcast or whatever. And I said something about Frank Robinson and he said, you got to look at how, you know, short comparatively his time with the Orioles was not comparatively to his time with the Reds, but compared to some of these other guys and that's why like again, if I was taking their whole careers, I would probably take Frank Robinson out of all of them, but just as an Oriole, I mean Brooks Robinson was a sixteen time gold Glover he won an m v p um he won what he was on the, the three world championship teams, right It was just two two
1: sixty six and seventy
2: yeah, somebody would have been on the the team that uh he would have been on the teams that played and lost in sixty nine and seventy one correct. Again, you're right from a sort of legacy standpoint. It's hard to argue with Cal Ripken, but I did go with Brooks Robinson. I just felt like, sort of like you said with Johnny Bench being one of the greatest catchers of all time, that's kind of where I landed with Robinson. If you're going to take any sort of like, you know, if you're going to add in any sort of real... Fan opinion: It is hard to not go with Rip.
1: Although Brooks is very much beloved in his own right in Baltimore, so you know, if we're if we're gonna have to finalize it, I'd give into on that one. I'd go with Brooks Robinson.
2: And then I did add a fourth here. It's not in hockey, but I felt like this was not an unreasonable distinction to make. I did put Ray Lewis on here as a fourth for the Ravens. Um, if we're gonna add a fourth here and a lot of these fourth ones with the WHA and some of the ones I'm going to get to, I did do kind of a jokey thing here, but for a couple of them, I played it somewhat straight and I did add, you know, for the Ravens aspect of football, I went with Ray Lewis.
1: Yeah, I tried to get cute with the WHA. There was a team in Baltimore called the Baltimore Blades, but they were only in Baltimore for less than a full season. They were a combination of the Baltimore Blades and the Michigan Stags which I always wonder what the players thought when they told them like, Hey, by the way, we play in a completely different part of the country now and just, we'll see you at the game on Tuesday. I'm going to get $500 a month. Um... <laughs> but yeah. And I, I think with Ray Lewis, you can, you can justify it a little bit because it's a different franchise, different character. So yeah, I, I can.
2: Ah, I mean, if you talk to people who knew both guys, I think that I think they're,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: Johnny Unitas and Ray Lewis.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's that, that, that video of of uh, Johnny Unitas coming out and like putting both his arms out and screaming as fireworks went off. That's a classic Baltimore Colts video.
2: We also don't know what happened to Johnny Unitas's white suit either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with I'll, I'll if we're gonna have to do a fourth there from from the Ravens, I'll definitely do Lewis. Since you are wanting to not turn pages, why don't I let you make the next selection? All
2: right, let's go with Milwaukee because this is another one where I kind of played it straight. With uh, I went with four guys. This is Milwaukee slash Green Bay, by the way. We're not we're not just factoring in the games Green Bay played in. in <laughs>
1: Um, and, and, you know, that's a good point. When you first suggested Green Bay, I was like, well, you know, it's a couple hours away from Milwaukee, but pretty much from like the 20s all the way until the mid 90s, they played a game or two a year in Milwaukee. So I think you can consider them a Milwaukee team for these purposes.
2: Game market. It's the same way. You know, it, there's there's never been a pro football
1: team in Milwaukee. You think there's
2: a reason for that?
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I mean, I think there probably was one in like the 1923, but.
2: Okay, that, that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Um. so...
2: Actually, there could be some debates in a few places here.
1: Where'd you go with hoops?
2: Man, I mean, my two guys here, I wrote them both down. Are not, I didn't count them both, but it's between Kareem and Giannis already. Yes. It's tough, because any website you look at, if it's not up to date... It's not worth anything. Like, you know, if you're looking at a thing, it's like, oh, who do um Red Wings fans consider their best player of all time? It's okay if that article was written in 2016. You can't look at this. You need an article that was written no more than a year ago. Yes. For the, you know, for the Bucks. So I wrote down some of their comparisons. Kareem's a six time, and this is just Kareem's buck career. And I know at the beginning he was called Lou Alcinder. There's not a statement I'm making there. I'm just referring to him as Kareem. Six-time All-Star for Kareem, five for Giannis. Five-time All-NBA for both. Three-time MVP for Kareem, two for Giannis, and um, two-time I think scoring champ. I have written down here for uh, for Kareem. The only other thing I would say is, I mean, Kareem's Kareem is associated very, very prominently with another team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they both won a championship. I don't know.
1: I went with Giannis. I figure Giannis has already been there longer than Kareem was, and he's going to be there. You know, I never say never in the modern NBA, but he's probably going to be there his whole career.
2: Signed a contract. So he's at least, you know.
1: Kevin Durant signed a contract.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm aware of that. But, you know, he, he, he signed an extension recently with the intention of staying. So I think by the time we dr- this drops, he will still be a buck.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, we're, I, are you good with Giannis?
2: Yeah, no, I I had written Kareem and then I wrote down Giannis and circled Giannis. So my inclination was to go with him. But I admit, you know, it could go the other way. But, you know, I think Giannis is the right answer there. Baseball. You know, again, it's, it's, I think because the home run that broke the record was in Atlanta, you tend to think, oh, he played most of his career in Atlanta.
1: Talking about Hank Aaron.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you look at what he did, he was an MVP in 57 when they won the championship. He was the home run leader in 57 and 63. He won two batting titles, 56 and 59. All but three years in Milwaukee, he was top 10 in the MVP voting. I think it's got to be Hank Aaron.
1: I would agree. What was the first year of the Braves in Milwaukee? 54?
2: 53. Ooh, and 54 was the Browns. 54 was the Orioles. First.
1: Okay, so they moved. His rookie year was 54, which let me just verify here. Yeah, you're right. 53 was the first year. So he started their second year in Milwaukee. He was there all the way up until they moved out of Milwaukee in 65. He played, you know, he played some years in Atlanta, but those were his best years. He was an all star every year. His one MVP that he won was in 57, which was also the year that he won his only world championship. 398 of Hank Aaron's home runs, which is not much more than half, but it's more than half were in that year. The vast majority of his hit, I shouldn't say the vast majority, he had on his career 3771 hits. 2266 of those were in Milwaukee. So that's like, I don't know, do the math. It's like 60% probably. So his best years and his best numbers were definitely in Milwaukee, plus his MVP, plus his championship.
2: All joking aside, those numbers you were giving, does that count his years at the end back in Milwaukee?
1: No, it doesn't. That's a good point. You're right. He went back to, which it, I think that kind of also means something, is that Milwaukee meant enough to him for him to want to go back in 75 and 76 after he'd broken the home run record. He did very little those two years. He played 137 games for in 75 for what I'd had to imagine was a bad Brewer team. He was an all star, but that was just basically based on legacy and not on any sort of performance. And then only 85 games in 76, his final year. I'd have to imagine that he spent most of those two years as a DH in 75 and 76. So, yeah, you're right. He meant enough to the city of Milwaukee even to go back there in the mid 70s after a decade to finish out his career. So, yeah, it's definitely Hank Aaron for, for baseball.
2: If you were going to go with a Brewer,
1: count. And- it's not close. Whole career led them to their only ever World Series. Opinion: Did he ever win a Most Valuable Player? I I know it sounds like he wouldn't have, but I there's something inside of me that thinks he did. Oh God, he won two. Jeez, I didn't even that didn't even occur to me. Eighty two, which was their World Series year, and then seven years later in eighty nine, he had two MVPs. Yeah, it, it it's not particularly close to me. It, it's yount between the fact that he won the MVPs star of their world series team and was there his whole career. It's him. No question.
2: You won the MVP in 1989 and he wasn't an all-star.
1: Yeah. I saw that once. It's crazy. And he hadn't been one in like six years. That's the one weird thing about yeah. Three all-star appearances in his whole career. Very strange. All
2: right. So before we get to the Packers, did you have any other weird WHA thing?
1: No, I don't think there was ever a, a, a pro hockey team, you know, a, a, a not a, you know, a, a major league hockey team in Milwaukee. So this was when I didn't go back to any of the I don't even know if they existed, but I didn't go back to any of the other potential Milwaukee football teams from the NFL of the early 20s. So this was a true three man Mount Rushmore for me.
2: All right. So now we go to the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Who did you put in for the Green Bay Packers?
1: I went all the way back to Don Hudson. Okay, wide receiver played defensive back too because everybody played two ways in those days. Some people even today think of him as the second best wide receiver of all time, next to Jerry Rice. When Sports Illustrated did their Football's Greatest book about ten years ago, he was lit- listed as number two behind Rice. You know, ahead of Moss and Owens and. Steve Largent and, you know, Lance Allworth, Raymond Berry, Lynn Swan, all those guys. I'm sure I'm leaving some out. You know, some people still consider Hudson the second best receiver of all time. So that's where I went. I went with Hudson.
2: I went with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. He's won four MVPs, which puts him second. And the MVP is the MVP doesn't go back to the twenties, but it goes back to the fifties at least. I mean, I'm looking at multiple time winners and Jim Brown won it as far back as 57.
1: So, I, I think in its present form, you're right. I think it's present form. It's from about the like the mid-50s.
2: The first year I see is 57. So he's second only to Peyton Manning. Um, he easily surpasses Brett Favre. He easily surpasses Bart Starr. Fifth, in, and I know these. you have to adjust these for inflation. He's already fifth all-time in passing touchdowns. He's like eighth all-time in passing yards. He's only won the one championship, which is a legitimate knock on him. I know it feels weird. You're talking about the green Bay Packers and you're going to put a guy from the 20 teens in there. I'm not going to fight about Hudson, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the two or three greatest Packers of all time. Just because he played quarterback in this day and age and didn't play nose tackle under Vince Lombardi. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think too many people would be quick to discount.
1: Oh no, and I mean Rodgers is like you said he's the best quarterback in Packer history. He's he's it's funny how the Lombardi guys despite that being the greatest era by far in team history don't even really get a sniff. Maybe it's cuz there were so many great players that no one stands out. Yeah, I think I would probably maybe push a little harder for Hudson than I did on some of the others on this one.
2: That's fine. If we and we haven't been doing this but like this is one example of if we weren't if we weren't limiting Limiting it to just players, it would obviously be Lombardi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Curly Lambo might be second or third.
2: Yeah. The only thing I would say about Curly Lambo, and I know how important Curly Lambo is, but he's a lot more famous now because they named the stadium after him. True. I mean, does that really count for the guy? Like,
1: and apparently everybody hated him too. He was just like an abrasive jerk from what I've read.
2: I know the other two guys on the team used to. <laughs> Do the thing where they would kind of like slap each other and poke each other in the eyes.
1: That's the three stooges, and there actually were five of them. But that's the different conversation. There was also Curly Joe and Shemp. That's only three. One, Larry and Mo.
2: Fair enough. Um, did You you knew where I was going with that for once.
1: I actually didn't know. I thought you were making a joke about how there were no players and everybody just played Iron Man in the 20s and 30s. And even if they were injured, they just <laughs> kept playing. So there were only two or three other guys on the team. That, that's actually where I thought you were going with that.
2: I'm going to keep referencing that throughout the episode so you can't cut it out.
1: Fair enough. Before we move off, I just want to see even if I had wanted to, uh, if there were any teams... There was the Milwaukee Badgers from 1922 to 1926.
2: What sport is this now?
1: Football. And let me just see if they had any career leaders worth anything. They're all-time passing, rushing, and receiving.
2: Now you stayed alive all four.
1: <laughs> They're all time passing, rushing, and receiving leader seems to be a gentleman by the name of Ozzy Oswell but I think it's just that there are no stats because he's got zero for every single category (laughs) Ben Winkleman is their all-time leading scorer in Milwaukee Badgers history yeah I don't know that I could put Ben Winkleman on any sort of a Mount Rushmore so why don't we just leave this one as it is all right
2: um what do you have next you got a preference next
1: why don't we stay a little bit in the Midwest? What do you think about Indianapolis?
2: I, did you put Indianapolis on your list?
1: Oh, that might have been a late addition. Okay. So, um,
2: let me do this off the top of my head.
1: Well, football and basketball should be pretty easy.
2: Manning Reggie Miller.
1: Yes. My hockey player was a gentleman by the name of Michael Paraziau. Bear with me for a second while I pull up his stats
2: end of the question mark
1: Michelle Paraziao who played for the WHA's Indianapolis Racers for three seasons was not a um doesn't seem to have been particularly noteworthy but he's probably the the all-time leading scorer in in franchise history um so that was probably why I put him on. I don't know how much more we need to say on that front. And then for baseball, I actually did do this. And I I should have mentioned this to you. I went to the Negro Leagues Hmm. and Oscar Charleston, perhaps the greatest Negro League player of all time, who played many years with the Indianapolis. I believe it was the Indianapolis Clowns. Let me see what team he played on a number of. Negro league teams. Let me pull up his his stats here. No, he was on the yeah, the Indianapolis ABCs of the Negro National League in the early 20s, which is one of the great teams in Negro League history. And so that was Oscar Charleston, and he was the leader of that team. One, and these may not all have been with Indianapolis, but he won three Negro League Triple Crowns and three Negro League batting titles he's in the hall of fame he's been in the hall of fame for about 50 years at this point so yeah indy was a little different you had two really well-known guys one negro leaguer who maybe should be more well-known and then michelle parazao who probably if there's a person listening to this podcast who knows who that is or knows anything about him please 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 hello old sports at gmail.com and give us some information so that was indie. What about uh, we did Cincinnati? We did Milwaukee. What about uh, what about Minneapolis? Now, this is one that was actually like just one we didn't get to last time. There actually are four teams in the current leagues. With guys, this this is a this is a good one. This is actually like we don't have to get cute with this one at all.
2: Yeah, although the NHL thing is a little more complicated.
1: But there's two teams that have played there.
2: Basketball is Kevin Garnett.
1: Without question.
2: Uh, MVP, uh, eight-time All-Star. So Garnett, obviously, uh, for the basketball. For football, I went with Alan Page uh, for the Vikings. MVP of the league in 1971.
1: As a defensive tackle, which didn't happen much then or now.
2: Also, the, obviously, the defensive player of the year that year. He won the defensive uh, player of the year two years later in 73. Those Viking teams, much like the Bills in later years and kind of the Broncos in the 80s, it sort of gets overshadowed just how good they were because the highlights you see now are of them getting embarrassed in the Super Bowl. But they were a really, really good team. He was a six-time first-team All-Pro. And, you know, I don't know where else you'd go besides him. There were certainly guys who had several really, really good years. Adrian Peterson, Randy Moss... Chris Carter obviously had a really good career, mostly in Minnesota, but I just think it has to be Alan Page.
1: I had originally put down Fran Tarkenton, great scrambling quarterback of the 60s and 70s, led the team with three Super Bowls. But just before we started, as I was loading up my computer and waiting for you to join the Zoom, I was giving a quick look and I was like, I forgot Alan Page. Yeah, it has to be Alan Page. The best player on some really good defenses, you know, the the famed purple people eaters of the 60s and 70s that made it to four Super Bowls and lost all four of them to um, the AFC team that they were playing, whether that was Pittsburgh or Minnesota or Oakland. But a lot of Hall of Famers on that team, Carl Eller, Paul Krause, Jim Marshall, who's not a Hall of Famer, but a lot of people think. Should be. But Alan Page was the best of the best. Again, like Joe Green, one of the best three or four defensive linemen, defensive tackles of all time. So, yeah, it definitely is Alan Page. Where did you go for baseball?
2: I went with Harmon Killebrew, 13-time All-Star, MVP in 1969, was on the team that made it to the World Series in 65. Did you? Who did you go with?
1: You know, I went with Kirby Puckett. I was back and forth between Killebrew and Puckett a couple of different times. Killebrew played his whole career from 18 years of age with the franchise. Now, the first six or seven of that were when they were still the old original. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He played in 75. His last season, he was with the Royals, but he played all but one year. He played 21 seasons with that franchise, first as the Washington Senators and then most prominently as the minnesota twins 573 career home runs all 14 of which were with that franchise and the vast vast majority of which were with the minnesota twins his first six years of home runs was zero four five two and zero in his first five years before he shot up to 42 so i went with Puckett, even though the numbers aren't comparable Really for two reasons. First of all, Puckett, not that Killebrew wasn't, but Puckett was really beloved in Minnesota in those years, in the 80s and 90s, and then the two championships. So Killebrew, I'd say considerably better player. Puckett probably meant more to the city and the franchise while he was playing. So I don't feel like we can really go wrong with this one in either direction.
2: Yeah, and I don't feel... Super strongly either way. For hockey, you have the two different eras. You have the Minnesota North Stars, uh, who eventually moved to Dallas and became the Dallas Stars. And then you have the Minnesota Wild, who came in in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, and still exists to this day.
1: Now, they were they were an expansion team, the Wild, correct?
2: Yeah, they weren't anywhere else. They were an expansion team.
1: The North Stars were one of the next six...
2: Expansion team,
1: uh, and they became the Dallas Stars late 80s, early
2: 90s. You know, it's kind of weird where you think oh, they've been in Dallas probably now, definitely longer than they were in Minnesota. And the Wild have been in existence almost as long as the North Stars, if not longer. Probably not longer, but probably really close. The Wild, there's a few different guys. A lot of people would put Marion gabarick there as the Hockey, and we're only we only have one slot available for hockey, so I can't do the kind of cop out thing. Um, the North Stars had some okay teams, they weren't as uh sort of prolific as you would tend to associate. Like, I was expecting to be a little more blown away by some of the guys in the North Stars when I looked at them. Who did you come up with here?
1: I went with Nicholas Backstrom, who was the goalie on the wild from 06 until. 15 and was rookie of the year in oh six oh seven but i have to admit i don't know how confident i feel in my pick and also he wasn't the rookie of the year i'm sorry he won something called the william m there are so many trophies and awards in hockey he won the william m jennings trophy his rookie year which was the for the goalkeeper with the fewest goals scored against so that was that was his award, his rookie year. He was not rookie of the year. So I went there, but I don't feel particularly strongly about it. Let's go with Gabbert. I'm
2: not even sure how to totally pronounce it, to be honest. Um, He he had a a few really, really good years in Minnesota. No, all right. This gets all confusing because it looks like he left Minnesota, but it's because of the lockout. Mm -hmm. But he was on Minnesota for a bunch of years. He was an all-star several times. I'm trying to look. Uh, All Star Game three times, MVP of the All Star Game. I guess we could go back. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea who to, who to go with. So it's not a big hockey area anyway, Minnesota. Um, I feel like us. I feel like us not being as uh, expert in this, but um, I guess we we can go with uh, Nicholas Backstrom.
1: All right, give give us a goalie, Nicholas Backstrom. Sounds good.
2: Um, if we're way off on that, somebody let us know. Uh, if we miss somebody from the North Star, who might have been better. Again, I you will not be showing any of us up by calling out our knowledge of ice hockey. Specific specifically the uh the Minnesota North Stars slash wild. None, none of us will be offended unless you purposely make it offensive. The answer should be
1: Let's go with Miami next. What do you think about that?
2: I'm on the same page. Um so basketball and football, I feel like, are fairly easy. Dwayne Wade, 13-time All-Star, three-time champion. Uh, played most of his career in Miami. Obviously, he was in Chicago for a little while. I was in Cleveland for like half a year. Back to Miami. And then Marino for the Dolphins. I, I don't see how it could be anybody but Marino for the
1: Dolphins. You know, I actually kind of probably thought for longer than you might think about LeBron over – Wade, because those may have been LeBron's best years. Those, those. I mean, LeBron's prime has been two decades, but those might have actually been his prime. How many MVPs did he win in those two years? Or in those four years, I should say. The first year he was there was Rose. Uh-huh. That was eleven. That's exactly right. Won- I actually, two right. How many did he? Yeah, what years was he MVP? Hold on, let me. It's funny because going back and forth between football, baseball, basketball and hockey reference and everyone is laid out just a little bit different as far as
2: nine and 10 and then 12 and 13. So 12 and 13 would have been two years with Miami, which I believe were also the two years they won the championship. Yeah,
1: so two championships, four finals appearances, finals MVP both years, couple of MVPs. You know, obviously his decision was the thing in sports for years. So I went with Wade, but like I said, I probably thought a little bit more about LeBron than you might otherwise expect.
2: I think it's LeBron if it's not if if there's no Dwayne Wade, it's LeBron. Absolutely. Four years he was there, like that's not a disqualifier when it was the four years he had. Like in other words, Alonzo Mourning is not ahead of him. Uh, Jimmy Butler is not ahead of him, but I just. You had another Hall of Famer who was there before, who was there after, won a championship on his own. But not, I mean, without LeBron. It obviously wasn't on his own. He had Shaq, but um, I had to go with Wade there. And then. Football, any any real debate there about anybody versus Marino Zonka or anybody else?
1: No, the, you could fall back on the fact that those guys won in the 70s, but Mar- and Marino never did. But the passing numbers of Marino are just obscene. And again, it, it's kind of like the 60s Packers. There's no one guy you can point to on those 70s Dolphins. And it was like, this was the guy. This was the reason they won, which is that speaks highly of them. But it doesn't really help them out with, with establishing a Mount Rushmore. All right. What about baseball? Because I was really surprised with where I came out with baseball.
2: I mean, I'm wondering, if did you end up with like. I ended up going with Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton. Um, he won an MVP. He was a four time all star. He was a two time home run leader. He was arguably probably the second best player in baseball his last couple of years. And my second best hitter in baseball his last couple of years in Miami behind Mike Trout. You know, if you want to accuse me of being a homer, that he's a Yankee now, fine. I'm willing to hear other options. I'm not willing to hear Jeff Conine. Is that who you picked? I did to hear about Jeff Conine, so explain it.
1: <laughs> I did, in fact, go with Jeff Conine. Did, did Stan ever win an MVP with the Marlins? Did you just say that?
2: 2017, he won an
1: MVP. 27 Okay, so he won an MVP. And... I was just curious. Have they ever had a? Um, have they ever had a Cy Young? I doubt it. Who was the guy that passed away? Fernandez.
2: Uh, let me uh, let me look at the, the history of this. Um,
1: first of all, let me just make sure I'm correct about. Jose Fernandez. No, he did not. He won Rookie of the Year and he was a two time All Star before he passed away. But he did not. He didn't win a Cy Young. I didn't think he had. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've ever had a Cy Young Award winner. They've never. They've had only Stanton as an MVP. If, if we want to look up real quick just to make to verify that they never had a Cy Young Award winner, but I don't think they did, and I can't imagine who it would be.
2: I was just checking to make sure they hadn't. While I had the Cy uh, the MVP page up, I was just making sure while I had it up. Not that I thought there was going to be another uh, Marlin to win the MVP, but I figured I would check it. So now I'm just making sure. I'll check the uh, um, I'll check the NL. And all Cy Young winners. Bob Gibson on the Marlins.
1: Bob Gibson's not on the Marlins. Can you imagine Bob Gibson in that teal uniform? The Marlins have never had a Cy Young winner. So basically what they've had is a few flashes of single guys that were fun. Stanton, Fernandez, and then two seasons where they... Not only made the playoffs but won the world series. Jeff Conine, who I believe I don't know if he was their first overall pick in the expansion draft for '93, but he was definitely the leader of the team. He played a couple short, you know, a couple games in two different seasons with the Kansas City Royals. '93, he played all 162 games with the Marlins. He's known as Mr. Marlin. He was their all-star, and I have to imagine their only all-star in 94 and in 95. Won the title with them in 97, went elsewhere, was in Kansas back in Kansas City, then he was in Baltimore. And then they brought him back for the postseason for the, you know, the stretch run in the postseason in 03, won another World Series with the team. He's the only guy I would have to imagine that won both World Series with the team. So the combination of the two World Series and being the only bright spot of the very, very early years of the Marlins, that was what pushed me to Conine. It wasn't just trying to be clever. I really think the guy's got a good case.
2: All right. <laughs> I mean, I, you know,
1: that's fine. I, was it that much more meaningful to Marlin fans when Giancarlo Stanton was hitting 45 home runs and they were winning 45 games? They 45 games. Okay, they won 65 games.
2: We can't go with we can't go by that, because then that ends. You know where that ends? That ends with David Tyree on the Giants Mount Rushmore. You, you can't just talk about what is Luis Gonzalez going to be the guy when we talk about Arizona?
1: No, but there's other guys who have a much better claim than David Tyree or Luis Gonzalez.
2: Okay, and and again, I let me reiterate. I don't care. <laughs> don't be Jeff Conine. I'm just saying you can't just go, oh, what was more meaningful for the fans? Because, you know, lots of fans like lots of stupid stuff. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not, not saying the World Series is a stupid thing, but like, that you, you you could make yourself a case for Edgar Renteria then.
1: Yeah, but it wouldn't be the same case. It wouldn't be as good of a case.
2: Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> if you want to go with, you, you did a lot of research on Jeff Conine. So
1: I, you- I don't know how much research I did on him. I just thought he'd be good for this. That's fine. What about hockey?
2: The weird thing with the Panthers is they're in, they made the Stanley cup finals once in like 98. They're clearly now in their best era, but they're just starting it. Alexander Barkov will probably end up being the franchise leader in a bunch of stuff. But right now, a guy who's a few years ahead of him and Jonathan Huberto is their points leader. And he's still actively their best player, like statistically, but he will be passed soon. Or you could go with somebody whose career is already completed and you're not factoring in potential at all. So I went with Huberto, but, uh, you know, some people might talk about Roberto Luongo, their goalie from back in the 90s and early 2000s. Who did you go with?
1: I actually went with John Van Beesbrook, who was their goalie for one two three four years five years 98 97 96 95 94 goalie for five years couple of all-star appearances I think that was the you said they've only been to the Stanley Cup Finals once right
2: In like 98 or something like that they got
1: swept. it was 96 they got swept by Colorado and he was the goalie on that team so this is another one where I have to admit I don't feel particularly strongly but as sort of the leader of their best team ever, I went with John Van Biesbrook, the goalie.
2: All right. And again, I think this is one where if we did this two years from now, it would probably be a different story. Hubert is already, he's a four-time all-star. He made it as a, as a rookie and then not again as a, uh, or he's made the all-star team the last three years, rather. Um, he won rookie of the year in 2013. Injuries and things like that. Um, but if you want to, let's, if we want to go with a guy whose career is completed, we could go with Van Beesbrook.
1: All right. You, why don't you choose where we go next?
2: Let's go. This one will be a little easier, but I'm on the same page. Let's go with the Bay Area. This is how you phrased it to me was the Bay Area. So the way I'm looking at this is both baseball teams and both football teams in different iterations of the Raiders and then basketball and hockey. You're obviously limited to one team. each.
1: Hockey being the San Jose Sharks.
2: First three of these are pretty easy for me. Joe Montana, Jeff Curry, Willie Mays. You know, Willie Mays, obviously, you look at the first four or five years of his career where he was, where the Giants were still in New York. Don't correct me and say seven because he didn't play.
1: (sighs) I don't presume to tell you anything about the New York baseball Giants.
2: So I went with the three of them. Any arguments there?
1: No, I was a little bit back and forth between Bonds and Mays, but it's got to be Mays.
2: Yeah, you know, it's... I get that. I do. I had, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, Bonds. And then I'm like, Willie Mays.
1: Second greatest baseball player of all time. Probably he can get it.
2: Greatest fielder of all time. You subtract nothing for his Mets tenure and you subtract nothing. I mean, again, a couple of his years were with the giants or with the New York giants, but from 58 through what, halfway through 72, he was with the giant, the San Francisco giants.
1: Well, and keep in mind too, that some of Bonds, Better years were in Pittsburgh too. Now he had some really good years. His best years were in San Francisco, but and but those were also aided by extracurricular activity. So it's not like Bonds was a lifelong San Francisco giant either.
2: Oh, you're, you're right. So I think it's Mays. And then for hockey, I went with Joe Thornton. Me too. He was a six-time All-Star. He won an MVP. He was a second team all nhler a few times. Um, you know, some of the lists I looked at had a few different guys. I think one of them. It's weird because some of these lists you look at and like, oh, no question for number one, but then it's not the same as what somebody else has, no question for. So, I I did go with uh, I did go with Joe Thornton.
1: And they've never won any championships, have they?
2: I don't. So I want to say they were a bunch of years. They were like really like favored, but I'm pretty sure they don't. They, they may have gotten to a finals. No, they, I think. I, yeah, I think I'm getting them confused with the ducks. Yeah, they, yeah, they, so that's what it was. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2016 and lost to Pittsburgh. And then in like 08, 09, they had the best record in hockey, but didn't even make the finals. Yeah, just one conference championship, no Stanley Cups. Current roster, but yeah, uh, retired numbers. Uh, they've retired no numbers. <laughs>
1: And Joe Thornton is still in the league. He came in 1998 and he's still playing in 2022. He's 43. These hockey guys play forever.
2: Yeah. So let's go with him. And again, especially with, with any of these, we're welcome to feedback with hockey ones. We're less resistant to any ideas like any basketball, baseball, football ones we might be wrong on, but we probably didn't not think about the guy. We'll admit with some of these hockey ones, there's probably a few guys where it's like, Hey, you forgot entirely about this guy. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. I probably did. Um, So that's where the, that was the Bay area.
1: So let me divert a second here. Quick question. Cause I thought about this too. And I didn't necessarily have full answers for all of these, but if you had to separate the cities, in San Jose, obviously you can't separate. Cause it's only hockey
2: real, real quick. The sharks thing. It said, I had a note here that said Patrick Marlow or Marley, uh, ahead of him in most counting numbers, but was not as dominant. That was my little note there.
1: Gotcha. So if you were just gonna do San Francisco, obviously it would still be Mays. It would still be Montana. Basketball, I mean, I guess it could still be Curry just based on the last couple of years. But
2: San Francisco Warriors originally, weren't
1: they? Correct. So maybe you'd go Wilt based on those first few years.
2: They in they were they were in Oakland by the time of like the Rick Barry teams.
1: That was what I was curious about. I had kind of written down Wilt as who it would be. Let me let me see. I know we're we're, we're splitting very much. The other thing too is that Rick Barry, even though you associate him with the Warriors, he played he played a couple of years with the Warriors and then actually disappeared and went in the ABA for a while. And he was everywhere in the ABA. He was in Oakland. He was then in the Washington team, the Washington Capitals, for a year, and then he was on the New York Nets. And then he finally, when he came back into the NBA they were in golden state in, in Oakland by that point. So Barry only actually played two years with the San Francisco warriors. The other guy may mean like Nate Thurmond. I don't know how many years he played in San Francisco. Let me, let me see how many years Nate Thurmond played in San Francisco. you know, it might actually be Nate Thurmond. Yeah. Nate Thurmond played one, two, three, four, five, six, eight years with the San Francisco warriors. He's a multi-time all-star hall of famer, all defensive team, that type of thing. So, Wilt was only, I think, like what three and a half years maybe with the San Francisco Warriors before he went to the Sixers. So I would actually go Nate Thurman if I needed a San Francisco guy.
2: Somebody's listening to this right now I and mean, be like, they don't have time to be going off.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just real quick, if you had to just do Oakland, you'd do Curry because of how long he was there. Oakland Raider would probably be Marcus Allen, I would say. Or no, maybe you go to one of those linemen, maybe like Jim Otto
2: here's why it would not be Marcus Allen
1: yeah I did it backwards
2: Allen never played for the Oakland
1: Raiders. yeah no I'm an idiot I, I I was thinking only they were in Oakland those years those 82 to 94 whatever Those was the years they weren't in Oakland yeah so I'd probably go one of the linemen Gene Upshaw Jim Otto somebody like that and then for basketball you'd probably go baseball you mean baseball I mean you, Ricky Henderson maybe would probably be my guy Probably him. Some of those guys from the seventies, maybe like Raleigh fingers, but Henderson was such a unique player and so dominant in his own unique way. And obviously he was back and forth. He was in Oakland. Then he was on the Yankees and he was back in Oakland. Then he was in Toronto. Then he was somewhere else. And he was, I think he played four different tenures with the Oakland A's. but I'd probably go with him if I had to pick somebody just from Oakland in baseball.
2: Yeah. That would be the thing you would have to do is just figure out exactly how much, he was in Oakland, like, you know, between his his different sojourns elsewhere.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: So I've got a bunch more on the list, and we don't necessarily have to get to all of them, but what else, um, where else, what else sort of, uh, appealed to you here? Let's see
2: what other ones we, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna read specific answers yet,
1: but the ones I still have listed here are Denver, Phoenix, Seattle,
2: uh, Houston. Toronto, Buffalo, Tampa, Kansas City, and Charlotte. So we do have a bunch left.
1: We've got a bunch, but some of them we might be able to get through a little bit more quickly. Charlotte. Let's do Charlotte real quick. I think that's pretty easy. I did Larry Johnson in hoops. I did Steve Smith in football, longtime Panthers wide receiver. And then for the Carolina Hurricanes, I did Cam Ward.
2: I had Larry Johnson. I had Cam. (laughs)
1: Um, led them to their own, well, not their only Super Bowl, but led them to a Super Bowl, won an MVP.
2: Won an MVP. They were 15-1. and one. Um, He was the first overall draft pick and a three-time Pro Bowler. He was the rookie of the year. Steve Smith was obviously there longer. I I would be inclined to go with Newton just because it didn't end well. I feel like that's because it was recent.
1: Good point. There's plenty of places where guys that didn't end well and they're still considered a legend.
2: Yeah. I would <laughs> stall for the... um for the Hurricanes. Okay. He's got the record for... Uh, well, these are all nonsense records. Most consecutive games. Um, but, he, you know, he was there from... He was on the 03 team. He was on the 06 team that won the Stanley Cup, which I feel like might be a big deal. He was a... How many-time All-Star? He was a 1, two, three, four, five, six time All-Star, although those last couple were when he was elsewhere. So... That's where I went with that was with Eric Stahl. All
1: right, what about Tampa?
2: And then to finish out Charlotte, I put Ric Flair as the fourth one.
1: <laughs> Ric Flair, who I think is wrestling a comeback match at some point over the next few weeks. Did you see that?
2: Final match. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yes. It's
1: well, just- usually when a wrestler says it's his final match, that's usually it.
2: That eighth. I think that might be uh, under doctor's orders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about Tampa?
2: Let's go to Tampa. So here's what I got for Tampa. Uh, Steven Stamkos, he's the leader in points, goals, seven-time All-Star.
1: The Star White- of the team that's been winning or coming close to winning over the last few years. You know, they won the previous two, and then they lost a close one this year. And He's the best player on that team.
2: 11 straight playoff series. I went with Derek Brooks for the Bucks. Defensive player of the year in 2002, when they won the Super Bowl, was the best player on those defenses. Obviously, they had some really good players, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, John Lynch, Simeon Rice. But I think Brooks was the best of them. Baseball is tough. A lot of people went with Carl Crawford. I went with Evan Longoria.
1: I had Longoria, too. Um,
2: I had him edging out Crawford. And then for basketball, I had Pascal Siakam Siakim from the 2021 Raptors.
1: Who <laughs> played in Tampa.
2: Their games at Emily Arena last year, and he was their leading scorer.
1: Yeah, I'd forgotten about that until like you know, until we'd started recording. But yeah, he would have been a good one. The Bucks Brooks to me was it. it you know, I, I briefly float, uh, flirted with Brady, but Derek Brooks is a damn damn good linebacker.
2: If they had won this past year, you'd have a point.
1: I think if they had won this past year, I might have put Brady second behind everybody, but Brooks. I would probably still have Brooks as the first.
2: Buffalo, I, just because I'm on the same page here. Buffalo, I feel like might be fairly easy. I went with Bruce Smith in football. I give him the edge over OJ, probably regardless. Are you talking about Jim Kelly, maybe? You sure you don't want to take another stab at that one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all, all joking aside, and it's, would you have gone with OJ?
1: I actually did go with OJ, yeah. Because okay. I think that he's probably the third or fourth best running back of all time. 2000, 2000 yards rushing one season. Although on the other hand, he never really meant anything. He was just a good running back. Great running back on a team that never did a damn thing. So 80% because of your argument and 20% just because it would make me feel better not to have OJ Simpson. I'll I'll go with Bruce Smith. That's fine.
2: Uh, hockey, I went with Dominic Um
1: Now, he wasn't there very long, if I don't remember remember correctly.
2: Not go with him, but... It's so tough to quantify goalies. And this is, again, sort of anecdotal, but I remember I feel like remembering him with Buffalo where him, he and uh, Patrick Waugh were the two best goalies in the NHL. And they did get to a Stanley Cup final with him there. So that's kind of why I went with him.
1: And I was wrong, too. Well, no, I guess I mean, he was there from what, 92 to 01. That's a decent amount of time. Won a bunch of awards from what I can see. So a couple of cups. Yeah, I can get that with Hasek.
2: Bob McAdoo for basketball for anyone who doesn't know the Buffalo Braves or the Buffalo Braves before they were the San Diego Clippers, before they were the L.A. Clippers. I don't think there's really any debate there. No. I went with Pud Galvin. <laughs> 46 wins each in 1883 and 1884. And he's valiantly attempting a comeback as we speak.
1: Why well, you always got to top me?
2: you going to have Pud Galvin,
1: too? I also had Pud Galvin, one of the best pitchers of the 19th century, the star of the Buffalo Bisons. Now, was that the American Association or was that the National League? Oh, I
2: think they were in the National
1: League. I think you're right about that. Real quick on the hockey, I, I actually had had Gilbert Peralt, who played his entire career from 70 to 87, another one of these guys who just was around forever, with the Buffalo Sabres and is the leader in quite a number of categories for that reason, but I'm, I'm fine with going with Hashik. All
2: right. Um, should we go since I'm on this page? Um, and yeah, by the way, Buffalo, he played one year in the national association in 1875. Then he was the Buffalo team was in the national league. Eventually he jumped to Pittsburgh in the American association, but he, all those years with Buffalo, they were in the national league. I have Toronto on the same page. I had, who did you, did you have, who'd you go with in Toronto?
1: I had Alomar as the baseball, Roberto Alomar, second base. There's really not that many Hall of Famers who spent most of their career with the Blue Jays. It's really just him and Roy Halliday, unless I'm I'm missing somebody.
2: Alomar was only there five years.
1: But... Yeah, I guess he didn't spend most of his career there, but he spent important years of his career there. Some of these other guys, like you know, Paul Molitor was there for a couple of years. He was World Series MVP the one year, but And I'm just trying to think, you know, other Jack Morris in 90. I forget which year Morris was with the Blue Jays, whether it was 92 or 93. He won one of their World Series with him. But Alomar is probably the best player to spend an extended period of time with the Blue Jays. I give him the edge over Halliday, plus the winning. So that's where I went with. I went with Alomar. I know where you're probably going to go with this, and I don't think I can get there with you, but go ahead.
2: I said I was half tempted to go with Kawhi Leonard, but I did not go with Kawhi Leonard. To me, it was between Kyle Lowry and Vince Carter. Did you have somebody else?
1: No, I had Vince Carter crossed out and put Kawhi. And then I had Kawhi put out and put Rich Lowry because Lowry, Kawhi,
2: the national the, the conservative writer. Say that again. You said Rich Lowry?
1: Did Rich? You- I said Rich Lowry?
2: A conservative columnist?
1: No, I did. Is that what I said? I don't know why I would say. I think I was thinking Vince. I don't know. You're right, Kyle Lowry, not not Rich Lowry, no Kyle Lowry. So that's what I had was Vince Carter crossed out, Kawhi Leonard crossed out, and then Kyle Lowry put in.
2: I I didn't even make a pick because it was such a toss up that I went with Kyle Lowry. The Maple Leafs.
1: Let I, me just let me just justify my Lowry real quick. I originally put Carter because he was like define the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors would have stayed in Toronto. And if they hadn't had Vince Carter in the late nineties and early two thousands, but then it was like, he never really had a big moment other than the dunk contest, never really won anything. So then I was like, all right, let me go with Kawhi Leonard. But then he's like, yeah, he was the reason they won by and large in 19, but then he was only there the one season. So I kind of went with Lowry cause he was part of the championship, but then he, stuck around for a while before and after. Not too long after, but a little while. And he was there for a while before that. Yeah, it was him and DeRozan and then they traded DeRozan to bring in Kawhi.
2: For hockey and I, I gotta be honest, I feel like hockey fans everywhere would kill me. It sound I don't know how to pronounce the guy's last name. Is it Dave Kian?
1: Well didn't pick the same guy if you don't know how to pronounce your guy's last name.
2: <laughs> Who did you pick?
1: I went with Tim Horton, who was on the team from 50 all the way until 1970, four-time Stanley Cup winner, six-time All-Star in the Hall of Fame. Another one of these guys who played so long that he's the all-time leader in any number of categories. So I went with Tim Horton. Who was your guy?
2: The last name is K-E-O-N. He's a Hall of Famer.
1: Dave Keone, I think it's pronounced.
2: He does not have any restaurants named after him,
1: though.
2: <laughs> it's his third all-time on the Leafs' uh, offensive list, despite being a you know in an era when scoring was not high. Considering I don't really know who he is, and again, if you want to kill me for my hockey knowledge, that's fine. I'm not going to belabor. I don't want to get onto my football point. Brian Fitzpatrick. The Bills played eight games. <laughs> over the course of eight years, they played one home game each year in Toronto. You want to know what their record was in that
1: seven and
2: one in seven. The only game they won
1: was quarterbacked by
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I went with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't want to hear about the weird Canadian football league with the meters instead of the yards.
1: <laughs> was it, was it the Argonauts was that Flutie's team? The Argonauts.
2: Uh, Toronto was the Argonauts. I don't know if Flutie was on that team or not
1: because well, didn't Flutie win a ton of CFL titles? Uh,
2: maybe. I, but, I, but with the exchange rate, I don't even know how much that is.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's a, yeah, it's a gram of titles. So, yeah, you, you got me curious. Now, let me just see Flutie. He did play in Toronto his last two years. Before that, he was in Calgary. And before that, he was in British Columbia. So he really, he really got around the damn, uh, cfl although he did 96 and 97 He's, he, he won two cfl titles with the toronto argonauts in 96 and 97 that was before he crossed the border into buffalo and <laughs> went and played with the bills but yeah i'll i'll, I'll, I'll give you that if i did not have a, a fourth uh a fourth toronto so ryan fitzpatrick all yours
2: i got a proposal here let's i'll read the ones that i have left and then we'll each pick one more does that sound good or do you want to keep going? Let's just do a few more. All right. So the ones I have left here: Denver, Phoenix, Seattle, Houston. And- where'd you
1: Where'd you go for Kansas City?
2: Kansas City. All right. I wrote. I get George Brett for the Royals. Yep. Eighty MVP, thirteen time All Star. You know, the face of the franchise to this day. When the All Star game was in Kansas City. However long ago, it's probably more than 10 years ago now, but it's, he's still the guy that's there. synonymous with the Royal Chiefs. I had Mahomes written down. I crossed him out and went Derek Thomas. I think Mahomes is real close, but I did go with Derek Thomas.
1: I went Willie Lanier, star middle linebacker of the AFL Chiefs of the 60s. So that was where I went. Anchor of one of the greatest defenses of all time. That was where I went with with Kansas City. I would, actually. I would say he's comfortably ahead of Derek Thomas.
2: The Kansas City Kings, they were in Kansas City briefly between Cincinnati and Sacramento, and they also spent some time rotating between Kansas City and Omaha. I counted the Kansas City slash Omaha years. I do not have the time or inclination to figure out which games were in Kansas City and which were played in Omaha. Uh, I went with Tiny Archibald.
1: Me too. There
2: was the Kansas City Scouts uh, who played very briefly in the NHL, uh, Guy Sharon. But realistically, I think if we're going to put a guy who was on an NHL team for two years in there. Let's cross him out and let's put Satchel Page on there.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I looked at the Negro Leagues too, not necessarily in the hockey context, but it maybe it may even as somebody to go over Brett. Page actually didn't play as much in Kansas City as you might think. I mean, all these Negro League guys did, but especially him. They hop back and forth between so many teams. But of his Negro League teams, Satchel Paige is definitely most associated with the Kansas City Monarchs. So, yeah, if you want to knock off Guy Sharon and his Kansas City Scouts years, let's definitely go with, with Paige, Satchel Paige.
2: And by the way, he was there between 39 and 47. Now, I know there were some years in between where he was on some other teams. But, like, if you look up Cool Papa Bell, he was on the Monarchs even less. Yeah. Did you say you looked in the Negro Leagues? The way you said that, you made it seem like you looked in the Negro Hockey Leagues.
1: I don't think there were, though. So they would have had the same initials. Uh, the-
2: but uh, Yeah. So I think if you're going to in good conscience, put somebody in there instead of. Uh, I mean, the Kansas City Kings aren't any great shakes to begin with, let alone the Kansas City Scouts. Or, by the way, the Kansas City A's. <laughs> <There's-> no. <laughs> put in there. And by the way, another episode we should do one time is on the Kansas City A's. Um,
1: and how they were essentially a Yankee farm team playing in the same league.
2: Basically. Uh, but it would be interesting. They moved there, and all of a sudden, we're like, we don't have any money. So that's Kansas City. So we were pretty much in agreement. I'll give you Lanier over uh, Thomas. Would you have Mahomes ahead of Thomas yet or no? Probably.
1: Probably. Probably. another championship, and I definitely will.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Or another MVP, to be honest.
1: I want to talk Seattle real quick. Give me your Seattle. Let me just get back
2: to where my original. I just want to see which pages here I can cross out. All right, Seattle. I went with Gary Payton. Me too. All-time leader in points, assists, nine-time all-star. Was on that team that went to the finals. First-time team all-defense nine times. Baseball, I went with Griffey. I think he nudges out each row. Griffey was obviously there less time, but not a ton less time than you think. He was on better teams than Ichiro. After Ichiro's first year there, the team largely stunk. So I went with Griffey. Did you have Griffey or or somebody I'm not thinking of?
1: I had Ichiro. But I I can live with Griffey. Very
2: close. I thought I would end up with Ichiro, but I, I put Griffey. For football, I went with Walter Jones. You know, there's a few guys you could talk about. Russell Wilson, just... Ended his Seahawk career. Obviously, Steve Largin There's plenty of guys. Who, they've been good for the last decade or so. I, he was a four-time first-team All-Pro, twice-second team. He allowed 23 sacks covering the blind side of the quarterback his whole career and was called for holding nine times. Now, some of that holding stuff gets overdone because if a guy's got a reputation for not holding, they don't get called for holding.
1: Yeah, the refs don't look at it.
2: Stacks of the sacks, 23 sacks. So I did go with Walter Jones. Who did you have for Seattle? Largent?
1: I had Largent, yeah. I uh, think he was the leading all time receiver until Rice. So, but you never think of him as a guy who's like dominant. So I, yeah, I mean, you tend to overlook linemen, but I, I'm fine with Walter Jones. That's, that's no problem at all.
2: And then the fourth one you have, you could go with the Seattle Kraken who have played one year. hmm. Or you could do what I did.
1: And I think we might have done the, done the same thing.
2: the Seattle Metro Seattle Metropolitans Hap Holmes he was the goalie for the 1917 Stanley Cup champions the Seattle Metropolitans Uh, and I believe he allowed just allowed like one goal in each of the four Stanley Cup final games against the Montreal Canadiens and how do you not like a guy named Hap
1: I went with Frank Foyston who was the offensive leader of the Seattle team, the Seattle Metropolitans. I think we might as well just call this one a tie.
2: Yeah, I I don't. <laughs> I don't know where we're gonna get more
1: information about this. <laughs> So so I have on my list: I have Denver, Houston, Atlanta, and Phoenix. I think we can tick through all four of those in, in somewhat. Skip
2: over Atlanta, maybe I'm not seeing Atlanta on here. I must have skipped over Atlanta. So Denver, Houston, Phoenix, and Atlanta. Yeah. Let's do Atlanta last to buy myself some time. So let's go with Houston here. Basketball is Akeem. Yep. Uh, football, I went with Earl Campbell. And then if I was going to split them, I put Andre Johnson down as the Texan. Over Watt? It was close, but I think Johnson was better overall. Mm-hmm. Famous. Some of that was. Watt missed a lot of years the season and Andre Johnson, the numbers Andre Johnson put up with horrendous quarterback play, but I would listen to what you
1: yeah, remember when we did our Mount Rushmore of each team's quarterbacks and you had to try and pick four Texas quarterbacks. It was slim pickings.
2: Yeah. So would you, would you go with Watt over Campbell?
1: No, I would go with Campbell. Although I had Campbell. Also, although actually the funny thing is now that I'm thinking about it, we're giving so much love to offensive linemen. I think you have to at least consider Bruce Matthews who played on the Houston Oilers for from 83 to all one. He was with them all the way up until the early Tennessee years and was a 14 time pro bowler, seven time all pro. It's hard to pick a lineman over a guy like Earl Campbell, who was sort of a dominant running back for a few years, but I might. I think the other thing about Matthews is he was basically a, I think he was a pro bowler at four of the five positions. He was a pro bowler, right guard, center, left guard. He played tackle. He wasn't a pro bowler there, but he, he played, he had seasons at all five positions where he started all 16 games on the offensive line. So I might modify and go with Bruce Matthews if I had to, but Matthews or Campbell, I feel like you can't lose.
2: And then for baseball, I went with Craig Biggio.
1: I went Bagwell. I think we're kinda tomato tomato on that one.
2: The only reason I went with Biggio, and again, this I didn't factor this in too much, but I felt like they were close enough that I was like, there was never anything about Biggio with steroids, rumor wise. Fair. But again, I, that wouldn't be a reason I wouldn't pick Barry Bonds. But I was like, eh, let's just go with that. So, but again, not a uh it's close. You would expect with how good they've been the last five years that one of those guys would have rocketed into the conversation a little bit more, but not really.
1: And Altuve would be the main one, but yeah. All right. So we got- and then just real quick, my I did have a hockey. I had Larry Lund, the center for the Houston Arrows of the WHA two-time champion. I, I can't do this much longer.
2: <laughs> you mentioned the real WHA team, which was the Whale.
1: The Hartford Whalers?
2: But I, did I tell you I went to the the women's hockey game in Danbury, the Connecticut Whale, and when they score, they play Brass Bonanza.
1: No, you didn't tell me that, and I didn't even know that they played Brass Bonanza at Hartford Whalers games. So
2: how do you not know what? That's a very very famous. So it's the Hartford Whalers song.
1: I know very very little about the Hartford Whalers. I have to admit. So
2: even though they stink, I'm always like, I'll be the Whalers, and then they stink, and I'm like, well, this isn't very fun.
1: <laughs> All right, Atlanta, Phoenix, Denver. Where do you want to go next?
2: With Phoenix, Larry Fitzgerald. For the- no question. Second all time in receptions, sixth in touchdowns, 11 time Pro Bowler. Had a couple of years with Kurt Warner when Kurt Warner was still in a renaissance of his career. Had a couple of years with Carson Palmer when he was having a very late renaissance in his career. But that was it. The only years he got what you would consider good quarterback play were a couple of years with Kurt Warner. And he's still second all time in receptions, and he's behind a guy who spent his entire career being thrown to by one MVP, you know, one Hall of Famer after another, in Jerry Rice to, or um, Joe Montana to Steve Young, and then after that went to Rich Gannon, who was briefly the best player in the NFL.
1: Yeah, in the NFL. Rice had much better quarterbacks than Larry Fitzgerald, no question about that.
2: Baseball is honestly easy, in my opinion. It's Randy Johnson. He was- yeah, what he
1: win three, four Cy Youngs in a row.
2: 99-02, to he won four Cy Youngs in a row. He won what they call the Pitching Triple Crown in 2002. He was the World Series MVP. He threw a perfect game in, on my 18th birthday, May 18th of 2004. And he also destroyed a bird.
1: And to my dying day, I will not understand why he possibly, I mean, money, obviously, but why he would leave the Diamondbacks to go to New York and try and play with the Yankees in 2005. It just baffles me. What about hoops?
2: I went with Steve
1: Nash. Nash, back-to-back MVPs. Never won anything, but they've never won anything in any of the eras. So, yeah, it's Nash. And then for hockey, I have written down Shane Doan.
2: By the way, with Nash, those MVPs were not like bank shot MVPs where a guy was hurt and, you know, or like, ah, they gave it to him because they were tired of giving it to somebody else. He deserved to win the MVP, both of those.
1: Yeah, they were in a weird year, a weird couple of years where LeBron was just sort of coming into his own and Kobe was in a down period and Shaq was on the decline. So they were looking for somebody to give it to, but he definitely deserved it. There's no question about that.
2: That was when the Lakers were in there. What am I supposed to do? Pass the ball to Chris Mims?
1: (laughs) Smush Parker.
2: In hockey, I put Shane Doan. He's their all-time leading scorer. The only other name I have written down is Keith Kachuk. The Coyotes are another one who's been terrible since they... I think they're... No, are they the ones... They're an expansion team.
1: I think. No, they were... Were they Winnipeg?
2: Original Winnipeg Jets. That's right. Yeah, they were the original Winnipeg Jets, and the current Winnipeg Jets were from Atlanta. Colorado has Quebec. Yeah, that's right. So, but they're not a friend. They've never been very good. Uh, they've, if they've made the playoffs three times since they've been in Arizona, that's a lot. They're moving into like a 300-seat arena for the next...
1: But he was with them from when they left... Winnipeg in the mid 90s all the way until 2017. He was there till he was 40 years of age. So, yeah, Shane Doan, congratulations. All right, we're looking at Denver next. Football's got to be Elway.
2: Yeah, MVP in 87, nine time pro bowler, all pro a bunch of times between the first and second team, made it to five Super Bowls, is the one guy who basically went out riding high. As, as high as you can get in those two champs, winning two Super Bowls in a row. Had to drive in 1986.
1: You know what's crazy that I just thought of? That only two two quarterbacks that I can think of have retired right after winning Super Bowls, and they're both the Broncos. Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's crazy. I never thought of that. But anyway.
2: Eh, well, hopefully Tom Brady.
1: Is. <laughs> he won't until he wins another one. And then he'll retire for another couple
2: of weeks in January and March again. Football's easy. I went with Alex English for basketball. I know I have a feeling you're going to talk. You're going to go into the
1: ABA days. I went with Dan Issel in the ABA days because they won a couple of ABA championships and they've never won anything in the NBA. They've never even been to a. I don't know if they've even been to a conference final, let alone an NBA final. So, I, I would go with. I would push pretty hard for Dan Issel.
2: They were there in 85. They were there in 09. They may have even been there two years ago, but I, I get your point. Dan Issel's fine. It
1: could be Jokic in another couple of years, depending on how things play out. Uh,
2: for hockey, I went with Joe Sakic. Me too. There for a long time, three-time first-team All-NHL. He was the MVP of the league in 2001, which was the last time they won the Stanley Cup uh, before two weeks ago. So I went with him. And then for baseball, I went with Todd Helton Every time I have to talk about Tide Helton, I'm underwhelmed, but I don't know who else it would be.
1: So, real quick on Stackick too, isn't he the general manager of this current team? I think that's it. he's he's involved some in the front office. He might be the general manager. I know that shouldn't matter, but it, it, you know in in an era of of kind of you know or in a slim pickings. So I went for Colorado. I, I was tempted by Helton. I went with Larry Walker.
2: That's the other one
1: walkers in the hall of fame three batting titles with the rockies uh, an mvp he was not on the one team that made it to the world series in 07 helton was but i don't think helton ever makes it to the hall of fame and larry walker's there already now walker also had a couple years at the end of his career with st louis he started off in montreal but the batting title the hall of fame and helton won a batting title too but you know, Walker won three. So, you know, the MVP, the three batting titles, the Hall of Fame status. Larry Walker, I think, deserves it over Helton. All
2: right, that's fair. And that leaves us just with Atlanta, right?
1: It does. So do you want me to tell you who I have and we can kind of take it from there?
2: I'm not gonna be able to think up the flames or the thrashers on the fly, to be honest, but the rest of them I can form my opinion on.
1: So So Atlanta I went Dominique yeah, I'm sorry. The Hawks, I went Dominique. Their best years as a franchise were before they got to Atlanta. They've not been in a finals. Some of the guys, you know, none of the guys they've had over the last several years, Trey Young or Steve Smith or Al Horford or Jeff Teague has done much. Matumbo had a couple of really good years in the Hawks, but Dominique, although I think Dominique is a little bit overrated, had some really, really exciting years with the Hawks in the 80s and the 90s. He had that famous duel with Larry Bird in the playoffs, I think in like 87. So I went with him for football. I went with Matt Ryan based on longevity. I was tempted by Dion. But if you look at Dion's Falcon career, it's not as long as you might think. I think it was only like five or six years baseball. I went Chipper Jones. I was like Maddox or Glavin, as Smoltz is a step down, but he played his whole career there. He was the offensive leader of those teams. Maybe I went chipper because I couldn't choose between Maddox and Glavin. Maddox, you know, one of Maddox's Cy Young were with the Cubs. If you want to push for Maddox, I think I can be convinced because he might have been the best pitcher in baseball. He was probably the best pitcher in baseball for a l- Big stretch of the 90s, certainly until Pedro started dominating in kind of that era between, you know, Clemens falling off in the early 90s and Pedro coming into his own in the late 90s. It probably would have been Maddox. So I could be convinced on Maddox. So what are your thoughts on those three?
2: Uh, Dominique? Yes. Greg Maddox. I have to push for. He was the best pitcher of the 1990s. Um, he won three, four straight Cy Youngs, but three of them were with the bridge pitched in, you know, a bunch of world series. Obviously they, they lost three of the four that he pitched in with the, with them. I mean, he was good. And especially in 96, they had one bad inning. I, 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 he was also a phenomenal fielder, which I know gets discounted in baseball Had the lowest ERA in baseball, 93, 94, 95, 98. I, I know Jones was with, I think Maddox leaving and being around for quite a while after that. It was only four years, but it felt longer. Like, I remember watching him, and right before I graduated, he was pitching with the Padres. Yep. And it was like, he could have won, like, his 300th game or whatever. It would have been 300, couldn't do it. You know, he didn't get it that day. Or no, maybe it was with the Dodgers. Anyway, whatever. But, uh, I, I would push for Maddox. For football, I need a second to think. You could argue it's Matt Ryan. He's got an MVP. He You know, I mean, is it fair to say his biggest moment, even though this wasn't specifically him? It's not like he threw six interceptions, but you ask most people in the NFL or or football fans, and I'm not even going to say fairly or unfairly. It's unfairly, but it's the reality. They're going to say 28-3, but he did win an MVP.
1: Yeah, and I just don't know where else you would go.
2: Yeah, I mean, Roddy White had a really nice career, but... No nothing they did before the Jamal Anderson didn't do it long enough. Um Vic I, I can't get you can't make a compelling case to me for Vic over Matt Ryan
1: realistically. No, one took him to the Super Bowl and one didn't. So that's right off the bat.
2: Yeah. So that that would be I I, I would go with Ryan. But Maddox for sure I would go with.
1: And then for hockey, I was relatively clueless, but I had Ilya Kovalchek, who played um, the beginning part of his career with the Atlanta Thrashers, a couple of All Star games. He won the Richard Award in 03, which is for the top goal scorer. The, this, there are so many of these damn awards in hockey. It is just insane. So
2: they had like one year, they were pretty, wasn't it? couple years later they were okay like they were not very good while they were there and then they took off and moved to winnipeg um the flames were likewise not when they were in atlanta they were nothing to write home about they were only there you know a handful of years before they took off to calgary you know yeah you're probably right there
1: so i think if you listen to this episode you got a pretty good idea of what we're about (laughs) uh...
2: we're not about which is
1: Knowing much about hockey and and brevity, yes. Cool. Well, um, good. Good to kind of look back on on fifty episodes and sort of talk a little bit about what's coming next. And good to uh, revisit a theme from our very first episode. So let's um, if you like this one, go back to our very first episode. Uh, give that a listen and get. Let's get the download numbers up on that. So, anything else to add before we go?
2: When um. You did you want to make your announcement about when your first episode of your WHA podcast? Was?
1: <laughs> I was hoping that that would annoy you and it did. And so I kind of accomplished my goal there. I, I was a little bummed that you thought of Pud Galvin also, but so be it. I got you with all the WHA guys. All right. Well, uh, episode 51 uh, is the next one to look forward to. And I don't know specifically what topic we're going to choose from that. One of the ones that we mentioned, Way back at the beginning of the show. But thank you all for being fans of Hello Old Sports and helping us to continue to grow for the last 50 episodes. And uh, here's to the next 50. I'm Dan Newman.
0: I'm Andrew Newman. Goodbye, Old Sports. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that?